Welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast, where two highly intuitive women dig into everyday problems using our connection to the divine, psychology, and energy work. We support you in your self-awareness, growth, and aid you in your shadow work. Now we're your hosts. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Grace. Let's get into the show. Hey, angels. Welcome to episode 142. It's so weird not to hear your recording or what it, this, yeah. this is recorded. Like, I'm like, it just makes this happy little ding, ding. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I know. And I, you know, it's not the same, you know, we switch platforms, which um, those of you who know Zoom, actually they've rectified that the issue that everybody's having because they're jumping ship. Everybody's like leaving Zoom, like mass people. Really? and. And so what happened was, is uh, there's, I went in yesterday and I was doing a little deep dive in Zoom and looking for that clause. And it said, there's a specific bold under like, it's like 10 point, it's under 10.3. And it specifically says, Zoom will not use your saved files or recordings to enhance. Like they did this big, like, we will not do this because, everybody is like leaving zoom and mess yeah. and so uh, it's okay i we personally started using google meets um because it was just like we have google accounts why not try it um it it does a better job it trans it um we have transcripts now that we can use if we decide to start posting it on our site we have like there's many different options we were <laughs> we were playing around with the background and like, you know, we can be like different things. Not that we use the video that much, but it was just funny and it was fun. So yeah, we're going to try this out for a hot minute. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So Vanessa, kind of what are we going to talk about today? Like what's, what's where are we at? Well, ex exactly that. Where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do that as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so today just felt very much like, you know, we're, we've kind of bounced here and there, but we had, you know, there was some reaction to last week's podcast. There's um, some growth stuff that we've been talking about, you know, and it felt like as we were doing our recording for, um, you know, for the, for the card readings for the week, it just felt very like flowy and dreamy and, and connectivity was was what we were flowing with today. And so we're going to flow with that. We're going to start with what we've taught, what we talked about last week and the experience of that. And we're going to see where it goes, which is always fun. But it, it's almost like what we said. How many times have we started a podcast with, we should have recorded the pre game, right? <laughs> like, because we just sit down, we start talking, we let it flow, and you know, lots of brilliance comes out there. Not that it, you know, not that we waste it, and that it doesn't show up in the in the podcast. But I feel like there is a time and a space to allow that to be our recorded process. So here we are today. But we are going. We do have a starting point. We do. <laughs> so we're we're not going to be totally in our stream of consciousness to begin. Air element. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like it's not up in the wind. <laughs> completely yet we probably will though but yeah like so i guess we'll start with the the impact of last week's um podcast and what other people may be feeling um 
as an experience of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those of you who listened to last week's podcast, I am coming to you from experience with a sense of if you reacted or had any type of trigger from that podcast, we're here to help. Uh, please reach out to us. Please connect with us so that we can help you through that. I personally, and this is me getting super vulnerable, which my brain, my trauma brain is like, are you kidding me again? <laughs> you want to have a week like you had? <laughs> yeah. So unbeknownst to me until like a like two days later, I realized, well, it was actually the next day, that talking about laughter in the shadow side and what I experienced like growing up and as a kid in high school and even as an adult, how badly that was going to trigger my trauma brain. Um, I think, you know, looking back and looking on the other side of it and understanding what it was and what my brain was trying to do and I guess it's a part of, what's the word I'm looking for? A part of my wounding, a part of my cellular memory that I never really touched on before. I never really accessed and understood. Like I would blanket statement it like I was bullied or I was teased, but I never got into the feeling of it. Like, like I did last week. And because I actually felt it, like I felt, and then I had a conversation with one of the persons that used to bully me, which is my mother, which didn't help the trauma brain at all. At all. It totally sent me into trigger and activation and in that space. Um, but, you know, why, why is it there? I mean, when we talk about cellular memory and we talk about the idea of healing it, healing those parts of us, it's a lot about healing the intensity, letting go and releasing. And it happens in stages, I feel. Like we always look at some of the more wounded parts of us as a generalized kind of sense. Like I was bullied. Well, what was the bullying? What was what what happened? What did you feel or what it could and because we were talking about that last week and I was talking about being laughed at as a kid, it was one facet of that bullying and that I never talked about. I never even talked about it in therapy. I never even talked about it in like social circles, like, like in sharing or processing with friends. Like it was a deep shame moment for me. And I didn't realize how deep that was until I accessed it. And what does that do? Well, like, what do we do with it? First of all, we have to understand. I didn't understand my my brain was in trauma response until Monday, and by then first everything thing, was, it was panic and going. You know, yeah, <laughs> first thing is trigger and immediate response, which is freaking panic, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I understood what was happening, but then I was in that space of that um, I, I that space of like it's like trying to corral a cat or kittens you know it's trying to get it to stop but it's it's engaged and because it's engaged it's doing all the things it used to do isolating me convincing me that certain people were not safe 
um, convincing me that all the things that I was doing wasn't safe. So it was trying to completely isolate me from the outside world to keep me safe. At this point, at this time, trauma response is not helpful to me because I have understanding and because I know what's happening, like I, I get that that didn't happen, but my brain only knows the re physical, physical reaction of that moment. And so it wasn't until I got to the point where I just, I couldn't take it anymore. And I just was like, enough. Like I literally said out loud to myself, enough. Like I got angry because I was tired of living in that trauma response and it showing me that the people that are the most supportive, it was trying to convince me that the most supportive people in my life weren't supportive. And that didn't like, I was being too much for them or that I'm bringing like my problems. Like I'm always like, we're always processing my issues and like, I'm always doing that. I'm always crying and that's too much. And it's like doing its job to keep me safe or what it thinks it is. But because I've shifted, because I have understanding and healing that's happened, I, that trauma response no longer works and it's no longer valid. It actually does more harm for me than it helps me. And our bodies being the densest part of who we are, energetically, because I've shifted, that doesn't mean my body shifted. My brain hasn't shifted. Mm -hmm. And so I got real mad. And I and I actually shouted at myself, like, like my trauma brain. I'm like, you need to stop. And it brought me, and you know, of course, worked it worked out through some of it in therapy. You know, there's there's a bigger picture of deep loneliness that's happening within my frame right now. But I, I bring I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to validate those of you who have trauma response not only to this to last week's podcast, but to your life in general. If you have trauma brain and you're triggered and you're going through that process, and I just I realized I'm not devaluing my own trauma and saying it's less than or whatever, but we all have varying levels of different types of trauma in different ways. But for those who have experienced it, on a different scale, a more intense scale than I have, I can't imagine your process. And I want to validate your struggle. And I want to validate how hard it sometimes is to get out of trauma response. Because the struggle that I had this past week was like, it was so hard. It was so hard. Like, I didn't want to cook anymore. I didn't, cleaning was like, whatever, I don't care. Like, I really spiraled into a place that's not like it was, but like it was headed there. Yeah. And it, without the knowledge that I've learned along the way of what my trauma response is, what my triggers are and, and the realizations of, Oh, I'm in trauma response. My brain is trying to send me down that path of isolation. And I'm like, Oh, it gives me the ability to stop the train, even if it's still happening, but like detach from it, detach from that process. And I didn't fight myself. Like if I didn't want to cook because I didn't want to cook and I didn't want to whatever, I was like, okay, I am not in this space where I can do that. So I understand that. Mm -hmm. So I am letting this go. I am just going to allow myself to process and cope with what I can cope with. But you know, but knowing that I, of course, had therapy and work it out in therapy. So it's like these phases of I'm on the train and I'm understanding it's headed into the dark tunnel, but yet try to step back and just try to be along for the ride and not feed into what it's trying to tell me or the fear that it's trying to give me by saying we're headed to the disaster area. Like, 
stop and like isolate. Like I was like, okay, this is not helpful. Um, I literally, was, as you were talking, saw an image of 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 the train going and then just stepping off the track, right? Like like that, that so that it doesn't run you over. Like I don't know, as you, I was like, I'm just seeing it. I'm just watching. I'm watching a movie in my head of like <laughs> the train's coming. I know the train is there. I'm just going to step off the track because I don't need to get run over by it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and just having it be like, the train is what it is. The train is going to keep going. It needs to keep going because it can't stop that fast. But I'm going to get off the track so I don't get run over by it. And right. like, that's all we can do sometimes is to just be like, well, I'm not going to destroy my life about this. But <laughs> like, the train's here. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> like... And, and and basically like it's like you know how long it takes the train to slow down right like they're they're like trying to break and it takes a long time to break it's like yeah we're, we're, that process is still going to happen but i'm not going to have been run over by it and have like extra injuries <laughs> because of this train right that's weird that's just the visual that was happening and i was like i get it like i get it <laughs> well we love a good visual and you know that helps anybody else who's struggling with it i just <laughs> I have so much empathy and a little bit of sadness for those who struggle with that process of, of stepping out of the way of their train um, and the frustration that can come with that and being on the train and, you know, and, and, and trying to detach from it. And it's a process and it's a process. It can happen. I, I, I'm living proof that you can learn how to step off the tracks. You can learn how to, like jump off the train and not be a like even if you see it happening that the first step is being able to kind of like be observing of it happening being that neutral observer and rather than kind of just feeding the train as it goes keep throwing the coal in and feeding that engine of like there's a difference because once you kind of go into neutral, you kind of allow yourself that space of where you're no longer fueling the train. You're yeah. just letting it find, like you said, you're letting it begin to slowly stop, but it takes a minute to stop. Yeah. And um, yeah. I so, and the thinking of the, I don't know, I'm just like into this visual, right? <laughs> like into it. You're talking about like feeding the coal and I'm like, yeah, like what is feeding the coal? And it's like, all the ruminating right like just throwing the and and like i'm the reason why i love to connect to the visual is because sometimes that's what helps me in my trigger moments is to just is to just feel the visual you know because i can't get the thoughts together but i can get a visual together <laughs> you know what i mean of being like you're throwing coal into the fire right now is what you're actually doing right like so instead of slowing slowing it down you're over here bitching and complaining and talking and finding all the little pieces and talking about them you're throwing more coal in there you know like what you what you are better served to do is not that so we don't we already know there's a problem we don't need to take it apart and roll around in it and and heat it up and let and and create more steam because that keeps it going how am i going to stop throwing coal today like yeah. what what is what does what does it mean to not throw coal in the fire right now like stillness for sure is one of them but you know kind of stepping out and being like what do i think is even the fire you know like what what do i really think is happening that's making me want to do this and yeah Whew. and that's you know and that's kind of like i feel 
when we recognize that we have triggers and trauma response, I think the first blush, the first kind of phase of that is the process of understanding first what was triggering and why. It wasn't until I sat down with my friend and understood that like, cause I was cranky. I was like, nah, I was like, I was crunchy. I was taking everything as a rejection. I was in those phases that I haven't been in in a long time. And that was kind of like my first of like, oh no. I'm like, oh shit. Uh, and it, it kind of made me realize that I've been triggered without my knowledge. And, and those, those of you who don't understand about being triggered and that, that kind of roll your eyes at people talking about being triggered and, and that I know. So most of us who have triggers sometimes are not aware, like we're aware of triggers, but there's new ones or like levels of the same trigger that shows up that we don't get. It's like the brain is super sneaky because it's desperate to keep us safe and it's desperate to do what it thinks it keeps us safe. Mm -hmm. And so it will try, it will trigger and not alert you that it's been triggered until the train has left the depot. Yeah. Cause it's job is to be as fast as possible. Yes. Right. Like brain can't be slow when, when it comes to safety or else yeah. you're screwed. Right. So it's gotta be fast. It's gotta be super fast. And it's always on alert for everything. I mean, when you really think about it, it's like, the processes that are going on in our brains all the time, so many of them are subconscious and they're all about awareness of some sort, whether yes. it's like, are you breathing? You know, is your blood pumping? Like those are things we don't have to think about, but brain's doing it like uh, all the time, making sure we breathe, right? Time to breathe now, time to breathe now. You know, like we don't, we're not thinking about those processes. So it's always alert. It's always, you know, everything. And that's why, like when we talk about, um, I put a video on it because I know people hate the word triggers, you know, like I, I know that. And then um, we were talking about glimmers and people were like, oh, glimmers are the opposite of triggers. I'm like, no, it isn't like because a trigger is just the, the catalyst, right? Yeah. It's everything after the trigger that dictates whether or not it's a good or a bad thing to us. Right. And that's what brain is doing is it's taking input and deciding what to do with it. Yes. And so if I have, if I, if, if, if somebody comes at me and they have a not like a, a, a not friendly face and they smirk, I take that or brain takes that. And it's like danger. Like that person may not be in your best interest. Now I haven't done anything yet at all whatsoever. I just kind of looked <laughs> at that person. If they, if they have kind eyes and they smirk at me, I may think they've got something funny to say to me, right? Brain right. did all of that. And, and it was a trigger that either became good or bad, right? Same, basically, basically same trigger, quote unquote, but different response to it. And that's like what makes life hard, to be honest. Like that's what makes life hard. That's why we get blindsided by the triggers into the negative is because we're not always aware of exactly what it's going to be. So mm -hmm. we have to be aware of what that feeling is when the negative trigger exists. We have to be, become real familiar with what happens to me when I get blank, you know, when I, when I get triggered into sadness or when I get triggered into, you know, feeling unworthy, like what happens to me, right? Like for me, anxiety, right? Like if I feel like I'm, I'm breathing weird, you know, like I'm like, okay, like what's going on? Like nothing's really happened yet, 
but I'm noticing that there's some subconscious thing going on that my brain is making me breathe weird. <laughs> right? And so it's kind of like, are you okay right now? Like, just check in, take a couple deep breaths. You're fine. Right? Like, I don't know what that trigger might be. And, and in that moment, but I regulate myself first because if I don't, boy, can I find some things like, I don't want to find those things. I want to, you know, fi find the good, the good roots to it, but that's what makes life so tricky. And I think what people think makes it hard, but it's like, once you understand yourself, it does get easier. You know, some of the hard stuff will always just be hard because hard is hard is hard. But when we learn ourselves and we learn to be compassionate and when we learn to understand what's happening within us, God, I mean, it does get easier. It gets easier to be like, all right, what's, I mean, I know for me, like I, there's, it's, it used to be super easy to get me to argue. Like yeah. all I needed to do was feel inferior or criticized. And there I went, right? Like I was going to prove to you that I was either smart or right, or that my experience was valid, right? Because that would happen to me all the time. People would say, this is how it is. And I'd be like, well, it wasn't like that for me. So now I need to argue because my experience, you've invalidated it by saying that it could never be right. And I'm telling you that it really happened. So now I got to fight with you about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, I've very, I've, I mean, I've done lots of i've had to do a lot of work on it to be able to just let somebody go it's yeah. fine it's okay and when i get that little stir up that it has to be like you need to tell them it's like i don't need to tell them anything <laughs> like, unless they want to hear it if they ask then i will give the information but otherwise they don't want my information or they wouldn't be telling me what they're doing they're telling me let them tell you and just experience what's happening instead of feeling like you've got to defend yourself or jump into it with this negativity and that does take work like you're saying it takes work to be able to recognize and step into neutral observer recognize the pause we talk about the pause the distance between your your trigger and your behavior make it as big as you possibly can so that by the time you get to behavior you're like super sure that you're doing the safest thing for you but it's not easy and it's not a perfect process and we go through so much of what you're describing um throughout our lives because we don't know when it's kind of come at us we just have to know how to handle it and know and have that that faith in ourselves that we can handle it once you feel like you can handle a lot of things you can handle a lot of things yeah. it's just like how it is well, and you know, and we go through our phases, right? Because we we do so much healing and we do so much work to understand ourselves and to get out of that fight or flight mode that that trauma brain puts us in. And we work really, really hard that I think that when it does come out of left field like it does, and in those moments where it's like that perfect storm. I mean, like being triggered by the podcast and talking about it and then experiencing a conversation with my mother that was super like of the same thing. It was like the perfect storm to create this train to just get revving and going. And, mm -hmm. and I think the hope that I think I had was that when I started to believe those who I know in my life love me and support me and aren't those things that I need to run away from, 
once I realized those things were happening and I was starting to make, like, I don't want to say stories, but my brain was giving me information that was tinged with bias, meaning like they said something and we're like, oh, that was rejection. They don't care. Or they don't, they're whatever. And it's like, I know that's not true. So it was like, what is happening here? Like, where are you getting this information? Because I know that's not true. What is happening? And and because of the evolution that I've been on, it allowed me to see the falsity of what it was trying to do quicker. I mean, that's, for me, that was like a long time, my only, one of my hopes is that I understand that there may be triggers that I'm not aware of. Things that are going to hit up against cellular memory that I'm not aware of, that's going to hit me out of left field like it did last week. My hope is is that I can see the falsity in some of the things it's feeding me and doing and step into that space of like, okay, I recognize this process. I don't need to get on that train. It's going to happen because I realize that my brain, our brains are so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. It's kept us alive till now. Yeah. And it's so powerful and so strong. And it's really hard to like differentiate between trauma response, like brain function and actual events. And it's not to say that those thoughts in my head weren't true because they were a reaction to a moment in time, but they were filtered through the lens of trauma. It wasn't that I'm saying all the things I thought were wrong, but I understand that it was my brain using moments and making meaning of them that was not there. That's the key. Because I think people tell us it's all in our head all the time. And it's not. But what it is, is that that event that happened, a text of, you know, that that my brain was like, I'm going to filter this text through the lens of, of, of my trauma response. And what happens is then I take it as rejection, or I take it as them saying I'm too much, or something like that. And so rather than looking at it for objectively, like, okay, they just don't want that. I take it into this land of trauma response. And it's like, <laughs> fuel for the fire. And so it's, it's me being aware of that. And, and, and that being true to me in that moment, because that was filtered through an emotion, which is not false. It's just a reaction. But me understanding is that the pain of the trauma response and the pain that I was experiencing, that's exacerbating that moment to look like something different. Yeah. Yeah, I was laughing at myself the other day and I was laughing right now, remembering myself the other day. <laughs> because, and I've done this. And 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 like it, when we talk about shortening the distance, right? Like be like, well, yeah, it's this this is this is a deep trauma. So it's gonna take many, many practices, right? Like many practices. And we can only practice when it happens. You know, like I can sit here and I can rehearse with you what I'm gonna do. Uh, uh, but that, but I can't manufacture that feeling, right? And so that feeling is what takes over. So it's like, well, well here comes the feeling. Now what am I going to do, you know? And I was thinking about how easy it is for my brain to decide why people are doing things sometimes. Yeah. In particular, with, we know, my pain point that what I've put on this earth to, to do in this lifetime is to manage my interpersonal relationships with men. <laughs> and how easy it is for me to see, like, 
a non-response as this or that, or an oh, a text of okay as blowing me off or as being busy. Yeah, it, it's all in my head. It's yep. all in my head, and I and I did that the other day. I can't remember what it was. It was it was super mild, but it made me laugh because I I I did check in. I was like, we're all right, right? And then I was like, oh my god, you know. And he was just like, yeah, it's been a busy morning. And I was like, wow, you know, like I I laughed at myself. I was like, what happened? What just happened right there? Where you just because you're used to a certain thing, and then you didn't get it. You went into this whole story about how things have changed and like nothing changed except the way that you felt. Yeah. And so then you started to read things according to your feeling, um, you know, but I was smart enough to check in, right? Like I was like, well, you better, you bet, you better nip this in the bud because if you let this go all day, forget it. Right. Like for all it takes is another like two short texts and then you're going to be like in a space. Um, and I was thinking about, again, like I, I threw myself back into the, the time, and this was during Mercury retrograde, when my phone, right, but my, my old phone, we remember my old phone, like fucking with me. And I was dating somebody at the time. And I, I mean, we, we talked all day, every day. And then one day I got nothing. Like, and I was like, oh no. And I started to go into this, like, I mean, I was deep in big stories, big, big stories that were super invalidating of me, of course, of course, <laughs> right? that's how we do it. Um, and then I'm in the bathtub and I'm like, oh my God, like this is the end. And, 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 and spirit was like, restart your phone. I mean, literally like, it was like, have you tried restarting your phone? Was like, you know, it was, a, I don't know. And I restarted my phone and all the texts came flooding in. And I was like, you made up a friggin' story. And then you rode that story all day long. Look at, look, like this, this was meant to have you see that how you feel absolutely is the filter of what you receive. I mean, it's plain and simple. It's right there. You couldn't even access that idea that your phone, which you knew was messing with you big time could have been the problem. You just assumed that there was a, there, there was a problem. And so like that was, you know, when I went through this last cycle of like, everything cool, <laughs> it was kind of like, okay, it was a baby one this time, <laughs> right? Like I, I, I took it as the win of being able to, you know, just be like, hey, hey, it's okay. But now I'm super aware of it. I've been practicing it like on a daily basis now of like the information that I'm receiving and being from everybody, you know, like, how are you receiving this right now? You know, and if it feels a little bit negative, I'm like, what lens are we receiving this through? Are you feeling some type of way today? Or are you feeling disconnected from that person? Or are you feeling, you know, like what what's happening right now that makes you feel like, a little uneasy you know what lens is this coming through and it i mean it really changes everything because it has allowed me to let go of so many things like that i would normally just lose my shit about yeah and and it's not to say that and and i think there's a couple things that i would love to reflect on it's the lack of judgment for the self in that when you have that and you're aware of it, it's like, ugh, 
-hmm. you know, for so long, I was just mad about it's my stupid brain. Like I rejected it. And I'm like, I have awareness around the fact that my brain only knows one way about how to keep me safe. And it happened when I was a kid. It doesn't apply anymore, but my brain hasn't evolved past that. And I'm not going to judge myself for having the thought or like you said, like you get into that worry phase of like, oh my God, what's happening? It's like, no, dude, there's there's really actual wounding that that's hitting up against. And it's not that we're wrong or that anybody's wrong for feeling, filtering it through that emotion. It's just that it's that idea of how can we, rather than riding the train out of the depot and continuing on or being mad at us and just walking away from the train and being like, what the fuck ever. And, and being judging ourselves for feeling like stupid, you know, better, like, why not go to into that phase of kindness and that phase of how do I support myself? Like, what is the action I need to do to get myself to understand that this is not a trauma response? It's, it's, it's that, it's the energy and that avenue that we take. And I think that's one of the hardest things to step into is that idea of, you know, that moment you just shared, Vanessa, is like, you could have just been like, you really, we're here again. Or you could have taken that whole train out into the ethers of like, oh my God, like everything's changing and like really fed into that, that, that process. But rather than that, you were like, oh wait, I know me. I know my response. It's valid. I understand it. Let me do the thing that helps me get out of that trauma response and into that phase of just living life at peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And giving myself, giving yourself the gift of the, the, what our brain feels is it's risk because when we're, we're doing that, when we're saying, is everything okay? There's a risk involved because then you're being vulnerable as far as you're asking for them to give you information or you're asking if they're okay. And, you know, the evolution of that is, is that there's two sides of that. One is trusting ourselves that we'll be okay if we get clarification. The second side of it is understanding where that other person is at, not so much in the moment, but they're in their own mental well-being. And if that person, maybe they are not in a good mental space and they're just like, yeah, everything's fine. And then our brain takes that and runs with it. So it's, it's, it's having that understanding and awareness around the relationship, but also not judging yourself for needing that reassurance because those, like for me, I would, I went through a phase where I was like, why do you always need reassurance? And I'm like, because every time somebody said they loved me, they sometimes my need for reassurance, it was understanding, learning to understand myself and what reassurance I needed to ask the right question. Rather than I, like in that moment, like rather than asking, did I do something wrong? Be into that phase of like, okay, like, are you okay? And not convincing myself it's about me that they're not okay. Does that make sense? I hope that yeah. makes sense because yeah. it's like, totally. like I'm saying yeah. it out loud and I'm like, 
<laughs> are the words connecting yeah. the other no, it's a training program of ourselves right like because because it, and, and that's what the, i mean i asked for the reassurance which is not something that i would normally do i received it and then i was like i did apologize and be like you know like basically like because in my mind i thought well i don't want that person to believe that like there is a maintenance part right. of this like this is about me basically was what that apology was is like you know like i i don't want you to think that like i expect something from you and that's where that came from and so again like that was still part of my my journey of being like okay but the training program of me is being able to say like listen you need to access that when these things happen you need to access the reality of your connection with this person and your reality of the it's safe enough that when one or both of you are busy, the connection still exists, even if it doesn't look exactly the same, just like it does with this one, that one, you know what I mean? Like, like what is the, the, the meaning that you are attaching here? We need to blow it up. Like we need to like just access more things during that time. And it's, I mean, for every one of these interactions, there is meaning and there is depth and there is like reasons why it's important. You know, like, and that was part of it. Again, like my training program here is like, okay, um, when you receive that from so-and-so, you don't even get that way. Why? You know what I mean? Like you can you can send a message to somebody and not get it, get a response until three days later. And you're not, you're not questioning whether or not they're, that, you know, like you're bothering them or whatever. Like, what's that about? And it's like, meaning right like I, I want this person's attention or i'm or i feel like our connection is shaky and so i need to work on whether or not it is or i just feel that way or i want something that i'm not getting you know like it's all about me though you know and it's not about the other person having to validate me it was just receiving that information and then taking it back to myself yeah. right so that i didn't just it's not about every time i feel uneasy that person needs to validate me right yeah. that's not what that's not the train i want to strengthen right now that the, the whole point of that was basically like to go see self chill man like yeah. just chill it's all good you do not have to worry about this connection you do not have to worry about your impact on that person or place in their life or whatever you know what i mean um, and it allows me to do the work that needs to be done of attachments, the, the work that needs to be done of validation, the work that needs to be done of the places where I'm still not flowing yeah. so that I can feel better. Yeah. And I want to, one of the, th you, you reminded me in talking about like our relationship with the other person. Like I have, everybody knows my, one of my dearest friends, Yohan, and our relationship is super tight. It is like one of those relationships that you know it was born of some other connection from a past life or from a life that like there is so much in this phase of our lives, like that connection to both of us is, is super important. And you know, and you know, in the reality of life, you know that your, your connection is, you trust it, you know that they're a safe space. You know that you're a safe space for them. There's a, it's like the ideal friendship if you could ever have one. 
And because of my train that left the station on Sunday, because of all of that, it was trying to lead me down the path of, of like, you're just overwhelming him. I think you should step back from the friendship. I think you should give less of yourself. No more sharing. No more, like, let him share what he needs to and give him time and attention to his issues. Like, it really was trying to take me out of that space of closing off myself from that friendship. The one friendship that is kind of vital to me right now, like, all friendships are wonderful and supportive, and I love them all, but he's one of those ones that that you know that you're here to do good things individually supporting each other, like healing and moving through these phases and becoming better versions of ourselves. And my brain was actively trying to prevent me from being in that friendship. It was, it was hardcore. And then towards the end of the week before therapy, like it was like Wednesday, Thursday, my brain start because I knew where I was triggered and I had realization. It started going into the phase of, well, maybe you're done with the podcast. Maybe it's time to end it. Maybe it's not a safe space for you anymore. Maybe um, you don't have anything to offer anymore. Maybe you're done. Maybe all your knowledge is gone. Like, and I, and, and, and I think that's when I was like, all right, shut the fuck up. Like I really had enough. Like, no, I'm like, it's my one creative venture that I feel like I can show up in all that I am and who that I am to give access to other people of the information from spirit, the knowledge we've gained, the understanding, the expertise of Vanessa, like all of the things that that we have learned and understood and channeled and bringing that goodness to people and helping and aiding them and validating their journey in whatever way that is, like it tried to isolate me from all the things in my life that are beneficial. Mm. That's how our trauma works. That's how trauma brain works. Right. It's just like all these things that are good may go away. So let's just make them go away now. Yeah. All the spaces you are vulnerable, all the spaces where you take risks, all the spaces where you may feel it convinces you, you feel exposed or you feel like you're too much. It starts to take them away. But because because we enter into vulnerability, because we enter into showing up fully in these spaces, it deems it as a risk. That's how powerful our mind, our our trauma brain is. Mm -hmm. And I think if anything, that reason alone is, is reason enough to engage in the journey of understanding our trauma brain, understanding our process, where we're triggered and understanding ourselves. Like, because I don't want to constantly take the things out of my life that give my life meaning and value. Because that's how you get to the other end of the spectrum of not wanting to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Because I am not a person who has any type of thought of leaving this earth, but I could see the tendency and I could see the process of just feeling like if I didn't exist, the pain would not be here. Yeah. So I get it. 
-hmm. I get it. I get that feeling. I'm not encouraging anybody, but I'm aware and I'm validating sometimes that thought that may come around because when we're in trauma response and we're in so much pain and we've allowed our trauma brain to isolate us, we feel we're not supported. We feel, and, and in some cases people aren't because they don't have connection, but it's taking all the good things in your life that give you value or make you feel connected away. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and every, I feel like we all have somebody or something, but in those moments, it's hard to believe them. You know, I mean, I feel like whenever I've talked to people that exactly what you're talking about, you, you realize that they've gone down this place, they've isolated them to the point where they've convinced themselves that their, their presence doesn't matter because look, I'm not around and they're fine. You know, like, so here's all of my evidence, you know, it's kind of like, like your brain can do such amazing things that like, if you, if you, if you just, if you don't intervene, you, there's all kinds of places that you can go, but the intervention is what matters of, of, of just questioning. Is this real? You know, like, and, and deepening those questions. Is this real? Is this that person? You know, like, like, is that person really, would they lie to me about loving me and caring about me? Would they lie? What would be the point of that? What would, you know, like, in, I mean, I've, I, I've done this. I've gone, asked all these different ways. Okay. Because I can, brains are very crafty, right? We yeah. can come up with all kinds of reasons why they would lie, right? <laughs> like, yeah, well, this is why they lie. Like, uh, well, okay. Do they do that to other people? You know, and I, I mean, I just follow all the rabbit holes possible until basically I always get to the point of being like, you don't know anything. Like you've made up all of these things, every single one of these scenarios you just made up. And so that means that you don't know anything, right? That, that you don't know. So you need to open up to alternate everything you know, and get curious, go ask questions, understand that this is what is actually happening, right? Like what you're describing that, that we do is intervening on what isn't real. You know, like we are, we, we, we are not alone unless we create the solitude, right? Unless we believe in the solitude. And that means that we can believe in the connection too. It's why we're afraid of it that we have to face. If we're afraid of losing it, and so we feel like if we just don't have it, we will never lose it. Well, yeah, logically that makes sense. But the reality being that if, if all of that is attached to my worthiness, well, I've got to detach my worthiness from it. You know, I can't allow connectivity to, to, to be connected to worthiness. I can't, or else I'm going to think all connection is risking my worthiness. That's the work I've got to do. I don't need to worry about who it is because it's not going to matter who it is. It's anybody I connect to, right? Like it's going to have that effect on me with whatever, you know, whatever actions feel that way. And it's, I mean, it's deep work that I don't think anybody should do alone. You know, I just don't think that anybody um, should do it alone because again, our brain, our brain is that unsafe place when we, when it turns into an unsafe place and, um, so we, we, we need to be able to um, process that with other people. But yeah, I mean, it is, I've, I've sat with people and been like, I know why, I understand why you don't want to be here. I get it. Like, I really do get where you feel disconnected. However, let's really talk about it. Let's really talk about your impact or your non-impact or where does that story come from? You know, um, and yeah.
it's a, it's it's it feels like a lot but i think when you do it enough it's only a lot for a little bit of time yeah it's like a blip in the radar it's like picking up a heavy couch it's done in a minute yeah yes especially when you have enough awareness about what's happening and you realize, okay, this is just more of an event versus a lifelong mm. sentence. Yes, exactly. But I can, I can absolutely make the choice to make it a lifelong sentence. I can see it as either. I made it a, you know, I made it a, what, a 30 something year sentence. So I could see where I could go. No, it, it's true. It's true because, I, and it was just, for me, it was lack of awareness. And I could also see at times where my brain would want to convince me that it's not possible to mm. get better. And all the work, all the information I've done up to now has given me the ability to manage that trauma response and not necessarily in a great way, but in a way that I can get out of the way of the train before it runs me over. Mm. I think that's the biggest like hope that I think we can have is that I get that this is a part of me that is desperately saying that we're unsafe, but it's not really true. It's just, it felt an emotion and it decided we were unsafe. Yeah. It didn't understand context. It doesn't understand context and it doesn't understand minutia of life. All it understands is the feeling and the emotion you're experiencing. Therefore it's going to trigger. It's going to start. And yeah. So those of you who struggle with trauma response and trauma brain. I'm sending you so much deep love and it I'm sad that that's something that's in your in your world and I'm sad that that's something you have to struggle with because I get it cuz you know my own version of that is hard. So I just want to send so much love to all of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean beaming it beaming it because it is. I mean it's sitting in the walls of you know like i i bring it up a lot but it was the the most heartbreaking places that i've been in two of them working with children and working in rehabs so painful the children don't know what's going on right and 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 that's where like i have so much pain and they have no power and then in rehab my god like you have your trauma on top of what you've created by trying to escape your trauma and all the guilt and all the shame that comes with it. And it is so amazing to me every time I watch somebody face that, you know, because it's so deep, right? You're not just dealing with, oh, like here are the things that happened to me and I was medicating. Now here's all the things I did to people because I was in active addiction right like and it and and it comes and it's all over and you have to face it and you have to be in those moments and it is whoo you know and so it is a brave space to be in it is a um like a a tremendously strong place to be in that a lot of people feel super weak in and that's the weirdness about it right like is that like my gosh you're standing in strength but you feel like you're not even standing you know you're just freaking flopping around in pain and it's yeah and every, everybody's got their varying 
you know, like everybody's bottom is still the bottom, even if it doesn't look like as bad, right? It's my bad and it's your bad and it doesn't matter. It's the depth of how it feels versus what it actually looks like. And so every one of us, every single one of us who has worked to bring ourselves out of darkness deserves that love and that compassion and deserves to be able to get that, that, that empathy and sympathy that we're putting out there. Like, even if you've thought about it today, even if you've sat here, listened to this and thought about the train that runs you over, like, feel proud of yourself for facing it, even thinking about it because yeah. that's incredibly difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. What an interesting podcast. <laughs> we went all the places. We went all. <laughs> I hope that you've taken away a piece of hope or a piece of a thought that is like, maybe this can heal. Maybe I can access healing. Maybe I can understand that it's not a train that I have to ride. Yeah. And we're here to help. We're here to direct you in the direction that maybe help you or help you seek help or find help or whatever capacity that is. Please reach out to us. Again, if last week was a lot for you and you need a little help processing or coming out of that, please reach out to us again. You know, freudsangels at gmail.com, our website, Facebook, and Instagram, wherever we are, please just reach out to us. Uh, we love you and we hope that you have a good week ahead. Remember, Mercury goes into retrograde. Take it easy on yourself. Don't push. Allow yourself the pause, the rest, and the recalibration. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, love you. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room. To more deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast, I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at vanessaperrycounselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further, through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.